Welcome to Behind the Mask, the Speak Up, Speak Out podcast. I'm Lauren, one of the admins, and this is the first of what we hope will be many episodes in our series. Behind the Mask takes a harsh and honest look into what it is like to live with a mental illness, or for those that care for people with mental illnesses. And we'll also be having guest speakers join us from mental health care professionals to bloggers and advocates. I'll just do the intro then. Um, Today we're here to talk honestly and frankly about what it's like to be in a relationship where mental illness can feel like a third wheel. It's tough and it's frustrating, but it can also bring out the best in a relationship. So welcome to my husband, Luke. Hello. Um, so before we start, we should explain that I'm the one that suffers with a mental illness. Well, I have a diagnosed mental illness with severe anxiety and some OCD traits. Whilst I think Luke would label himself as not having a mental illness. What, what do you think? It's not something that's ever come to mind with me, especially before meeting you, etc. Like, I've never seen myself as having anything. I suppose things have come up a little bit since we've met, but not something I'd diagnose. Not something you'd go and see a GP over? No. All right, okay. So when we first met, what were the first signs that you thought that something might be bubbling under the surface? Like, obviously, I never actually said to you outright, oh, by the way, nice to meet you. I have anxiety. I think it was the over-exaggeration of if something bad had happened, if we'd lost something or something like something had gone missing or something had broken or something, the way that you'd react to it a little bit more than, say, I would shrug it off. Like, I know I'm a very laid-back person, but, like, I don't know, there's always things that you seem to be a lot more highly strung about things being just so... Mm. Not... (sighs) Not anything else in terms of like obviously physically it can it can really get a grip of your anxiety, so there's nothing you noticed well, I think the the first time I've properly noticed was the one time that you were completely off your feet, yeah, it completely threw you off. there was ambulances involved uh, you were on crutches for a good few days afterwards that was yeah. that was the big kick because there was nothing leading up to or anything like that and it just came from nowhere and that did take me by shock because i well to be honest i've led a very sheltered life when it's come to mental health and stuff like that so seeing that i could do something so physical to someone at the same time was a big eye-opener for me i think that's where it started yeah and and people are really um even doctors are really skeptical of the physical the physical ways that it can affect you. Like we were both in A and E and they were googling. Yeah, but they were quick to tell you anything like that. They were they had no idea, did they? No. So it, you know yourself when it happens. That's all I can say. And I'm sure anybody that suffers with anxiety will tell you. You know when it's anxiety and when it's something else. So I guess in the first couple of years could have been frustrating we could have frustrated each other trying to cope with it and not really talking about it properly yeah definitely um 
I think it did take us a while to start talking about it. Like when we, well, when that first incident was when we started talking about it properly. We did have some rough patches in our own personal life as well, which really did encourage it too. Yeah. I guess as well, I didn't exactly want help. I wanted to do things my way, and it was my way or no one else, and no one else I wanted involved with it, I suppose. Um, I took my medication on and off because for some reason I thought that was a bit of weakness in me. I, I was on beta blockers at one point. I don't think you were on medication when we did first meet, and or if you did, you never told me that you were on them. <laughs> Oh so. well, I was I was on them, and then I stopped because I felt a little bit better when something in my personal life changed, um, and then yeah, on and off. And you should never ever go cold turkey because that that's caused that many issues for me trying to do it myself. You just don't. It's not worth it. <laughs> so, for a question for you, then, what? What was it that was stopping you from telling me that you were taking it when we did first meet before everything was serious between us? What was stopping you from telling me that you were doing this for anxiety and stuff rather than coming out from the beginning? Or um, A few reasons. One, I guess, well, I didn't think you needed to know. And I knew that I'd got quite good at masking as well. And I'd I think I thought you'd never thought there was anything wrong in the first place, so... No, you're right there, to be honest. Uh, there was no need for me to tell you at that point. And, yeah, I, I I just didn't think I needed to tell you and I didn't want to scare you either because um, that's the perception that people have, that you, you know, you're crazy if you're on medication and that's just not true. Yeah, people do seem to think that it's the extreme when you take them when you're onto the medication that that is the end all. You that's the last straw kind of thing. You have to it's take not. them there and then because that's how bad it is. But people don't, don't realize that you can just take them to ease them, ease it rather than. It's often the this. first thing that doctors will offer you because everything's so stretched, like talking therapy, counselling, and things like that. Medication is usually the first thing they offer you if, you know, you've gone to a GP a couple of times and spoke about things with your mental health. That's what they'll do. So, yeah, I, but it's just a stigma that people live with. And I, I especially thought it, there was something wrong with me to begin with anyway. So how would you say you've changed your approach in how you deal with my anxiety? in the relationship and like what made you change the way you reacted to me you know i've been asked this quite a lot when we've been doing our lives on the facebook page actually when it comes to relationships mm. and stuff and i think when it we first started i was terrified of how to react to things like when you were having a bad day of like oh, should i intervene should i say something should i try and help or should i leave you to it because I didn't want to feel like I was being pushy by interfering and then going too far. But I think it just comes down to time. Like, it's, well, it's been five years now, hasn't it? Mm. So you just learn. I know when you're having a bad day just from how you wake up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It gets to that point. And 
you just kind of learn little things that make you feel better like a cup of tea yeah it's such a simple thing but it's just a comfort I don't know what it is and I know what you mean you know when I wake up and it's with certain things that I do within 10 minutes of me waking up you know I'm gonna have a bad day the, the one thing that I know where you're starting to have a bad day is how you don't get up with the rest of us. Like, if the kids come in and wake us up, I'll get up with them and you just say, I just need five minutes, I've got cramp in my leg or something like that. Yeah. I know that's where it usually starts. Yeah. And it's usually, it's me trying to mask and there's just no point anymore, but it's just something that you do. You constantly do it, whether you're comfortable with your mental illness or not. You'll always mask. But I always know. But you always know, yeah. <laughs> so... I mean, how, well, what should I say is, what is the biggest thing you've learned about mental illness through, obviously, us being together? Um, the biggest thing I learned is how much of an impact it really does make. Like, like I said at the beginning of our relationship, I didn't see it or anything like that. I thought everything was all right. I thought it was just the way you were kind of thing. But then to put to see you actually being in hospital completely off your legs and not even knowing that was possible in my eyes. I, I didn't know that was a thing at all. Yeah. So seeing the impact that it can have on a single person and how much the little things can also impact that person to improve. Like we were just talking about the cup of tea, yeah. things like that. Like you can do any little thing that you think may help then just give it a go. It's a bit of an on-the-spot question then. So you've just said um, you just thought that was the way I was before, obviously, we talked about my anxiety and things like that, and you mm. knew about that. So if you didn't know that and I continued to behave that way, do, would you think that I was just like quite an abrupt person then? Is that how it came across? If, if it did... Go on for that long where yeah, I did think it's getting a bit like you are really highly strong and it needs to be done that way. I would probably have, like, up to so far into the relationship, I would have just talked to you about it. Yeah. At some point, I would have just said, look, what's the deal? Yeah. Are you, like, is there something going on now? Yeah. Like, it's not, it wasn't like a normal, tightly strong kind of way either. It was like, it was something like you needed to do it rather than you feel like yeah. you wanted to do it because that's how you wanted it. Well, like, as I've said, I've got OCD traits with my anxiety quite bad. Um, and it's nothing about cleanliness, like everyone thinks. It's like you said, things just have a place for me. It don't mean they look tidy. It's just that it has to be there. Um, I mean, what else do I do obsessively? I'm a list maker. I, I list everything. Oh, the amount of notebooks we've got in this place. <laughs> Just full of lists of things. Even if it comes down to, I need to clean the kids' room today. I need to make dinner today. It helps. It's a coping mechanism. I think you've actually got one pinned up in the kitchen at the moment with only two things on it. <laughs> I know. There's probably one underneath it. <laughs> but... It's just a coping mechanism. I mean, have you got any ways that you cope with having to cope with me? Um, like you say, with these OCD traits that keep coming up and things like that, I've just learned that there's no point trying to say you don't need to do that. It's just, just do it. <laughs> it's not. It's nothing I can help, and I'd say it's at a manageable level. 
Like it's tolerable. Tolerable. Yeah. Tolerable. <laughs> In terms of me coping with it, I mean, as I said earlier, I'm a ridiculously laid back person. So not that many things really do affect me in that kind of way. So if I'm needed, then I'll be there to go and help. But otherwise, I probably will just leave you to do to it, unless you need me to help you with doing something. Well, I never I... say, we're not doing that, you don't need to do that. No. It's not something I'd do. I think it's good to talk about <clears throat> mental illness continually as well, because I think we got to the point where we used to argue, and we weren't even arguing about anything. <laughs> But I'd say, why are you not saying anything to me? Why are you not reacting to me? And it was really frustrating for me that you didn't react. And I think it's because you wanted to leave me to do what I had to do. But at that point, I was looking for a reaction. And I don't know why, because it doesn't bother me anymore. Do you mean, like, back towards the beginning sort of thing, like when I first learned about what was really yeah, going on with you? and I went... You'd be sarcastic, and anybody else would take it funny, like as in, ha ha, it's funny and sarcastic, and it's just a bit of banter. Whereas me, I'd go off in a huff, then sort of maybe create a bit of an atmosphere where we'd argue about this comment that you've made, and then you would say nothing to me. Um, when it comes to me saying nothing, I think this is. One of the biggest things I could say, like, a lot of people may be the same if they're in my position. People don't say nothing because they don't want to say anything and they've had enough. They don't say anything because they don't want to make things progress. Yeah. Like, I was scared of saying something that would make you feel even worse and saying the wrong thing that made mm. you feel even more anxious about what happened or anything like that. So I guess it was more trying to avoid that anything was said at all and just kind of hoping eventually it would just kind of mold back to normal yeah i mean i'd say as well just while we're talking about stages of the relationship <clears throat> there's definite stages i think i'm now I, I think i'd like to think i'm in a much better way of coping and i think that's because i've changed my mindset nothing that's happened in our relationship but i've had to change mm. um but at the beginning when you're trying to mask and not not really wanting to appear like you have a mental illness, obviously, you know what I mean. Yeah. Physical panic attacks, like I would try and suppress them. <laughs> it doesn't work. It's better to just be open about it and then just take it from there, I think. So, like, what would be your advice to anybody in a relationship? I guess you've sort of covered this a bit anyway. Um, But where one person has a mental illness and the other <laughs> doesn't, my biggest advice to the person who doesn't is just be patient. Like, if you are aware that they have it or if you're not aware that they have it but you thought like an inkling that something is going on, just be patient. Don't go pushing out to them and say, look what's happening. Mm. Like I mentioned earlier, like I would would have done that, but I would have done that a few years in. <laughs> I wouldn't go straight out and say, look what's going on. You need to tell me everything. And... To the person with that may be suffering with a mental illness, as I said earlier, if the person you're talking to is silent, that doesn't mean they're not listening. And it doesn't mean they don't want to help. It means they're trying to think of the best way of doing it without making things worse. Because mm. chances are the person that doesn't have it doesn't fully understand it, like me particularly. I didn't understand it at all. That's why I wanted to stay quiet until I've learned a bit about how it works with you, yeah. Lauren. 
I think as well, just for the person that for someone that doesn't suffer with a mental illness, allow the other person to just talk. Don't try and put a libel onto <clears throat> someone without knowing. Because I've had all sorts of libels thrown at me in the past, bipolar and you know, oh, I must be crazy because I'm doing the tiniest little things. Just allow that person to talk and find out why they do those things. It's up for a doctor to diagnose, not someone else. So just be patient and try and be as understanding as possible. I mean, unfortunately, even if you're the one that suffers with a mental illness, we don't fully understand why we have, why panic attacks just come on out of nowhere or even why we've got a mental illness to start with, just sometimes that's the way it is, in my, in my opinion. It's just it's just part of you, and it was always destined to be part of you, maybe. As far as when it comes to relationships, just in every aspect of a relationship, it's always it takes two. And yeah. if one of you is suffering, don't feel like you have to hide it from the other to protect them. Yeah. Specifically, like... I know like, I like to target men and a lot of, on the Facebook group and stuff like that. Men are really, like, guilty of doing... They need to protect the family, so I'm not going to tell them that I, that I am suffering because that will make them happy. Mm. It doesn't work like that, I'm afraid. <laughs> not at all. So it does take to just talk to each other. That's the best way to get around it, isn't it? Yeah, and, and just, you know... I guess mutual respect and kindness because I mean no one can truly understand what goes on in a person's head so when that person doesn't even know what is going on in their head sometimes you know you are going in fighting a losing battle so just you know just be kind and respectful and try and see it from the other point the other person's point of view I always try and see it from yours and I always say to you sometimes, well, I say to you most times after, I am sorry, like maybe a few hours later, I've then realised, I've stepped back and then I've realised, oh, I've been snappy or, you know, I know I've been a bit much today. That works both ways. So at the same time, you've got to see that I've obviously seen that there's a reason why you're like, where you've been like that. Yeah. I'm not going to feel angry about you being like that because if it's just one of those days, it's one of those days. Yeah, but I, and I mean, it's different for everyone, but I don't, my mental illness doesn't excuse my behaviour towards other people. Um, I'll always apologise. If I can identify there's something that I have to apologise for, I will. Um, I'll never apologise for having what I have because it's not my fault and I didn't choose this and I wouldn't wish it upon anybody. But if I know full well at the end of the day when I've stepped back, I've realised, oh, my God, I've, you know, I've really snapped at Luke today or I've really, you know just not done anything and been lazy and let you do it all, I will apologise. <laughs> um, well, that's that's just me, I suppose. <laughs> but everyone, I sort of think, maybe, just everyone deals with it a different way. And I, and I don't like to not please people. So if I know I've done something wrong, I'll always apologise for it. Um, so then, I guess the last question is, as a non-sufferer, why did you feel you needed to get involved in, well, mental health in general and then the group and everything that's come about? I wanted to jump in and start on this for, as I said before, I like I wanted to target the blokes. I, personally, I've had a lot of experience when I became a first-time dad to my eldest. 
um, there was a lot of complications. There was a lot of toing and froing from start to, well to now, <laughs> and I don't feel like as a first time dad, I didn't feel like I got the support that I needed mentally. I wasn't exactly close towards my family at the time. I wasn't really close to well, obviously I it was come from a bad relationship as well, so I couldn't speak to her about it. I didn't really have any friends at the time either, and. At no point of all these like midwife appointments and stuff like that and health visitors, not one person turned to me and any of them and said, how are you doing? And mm-hmm. I've n- never really had that at all until, well, me and Laura met when I started talking to you about it. Well, yeah. And you on about like health visitors and midwives, actually with our two as well, thinking back on the appointments, <clears throat> I don't think you were ever asked. I wasn't. No. Either. So that's why I want to target, well, that's why I want to target dads because I've got a lot of experience when it comes into that. And men in general, there's not enough talk between lads of how they're feeling. And I know that's a big stigma and it's such a well-known stigma, but still it isn't being, it's not being done enough. No. And when it comes to a non-sufferer, I wanted to join the group as a non-sufferer because of, well, you. (laughs) I wanted to learn so much more about mental health and mental illnesses and how other people cope with it and how they live with it day to day so it can improve my knowledge to know what to do if you're having a bad day. Yeah. Which does sound kind of selfish (laughs) when I put it like that, but at the same time I want to share what I've got from all these other people and just turn it into a big circle where I can share it with everyone else and... And I've got to say that the groups like these, because I've been, I've participated in other groups before. We f- we founded this group, the four of us. Um, you find so many different ways that people cope with it as a sufferer. Um, Paula's a brilliant example. When I first met Paula, I just thought, how can she be that positive? How can she have a bad day but still say she feels great? And you know, and it's okay because tomorrow will be amazing and I just thought oh my god how the hell can you think like that but actually I think my mindset started to definitely tilt that way now I think it's done as well actually I, I would take it that if I'm having a bad day today tomorrow might not be and that's the only way to look at it you can't dwell on things like that it's like and of all the groups and all the people we spoke to in our groups and in other groups as well we've never had the same answer when it comes to stuff like coping strategy and how they relax and how we've never had the same answer twice so it's just constantly us learning more and more about it so we can share it with the rest of the world as well and i think that's just how we need to do it i think that can help so much alongside professional help if you need it but I think when it comes down to communities and stuff like that, the best way to learn to deal with what you've got is through other people dealing with the same thing. Yeah, definitely. I think I'm only in a better space now because of the this group that we've founded and obviously previous groups that we've been involved with. Um, because professionals, they can only take you so far, especially if they haven't experienced what you're experiencing. Um. So everyone copes with it differently and you find out so many little hints and tricks and things that you pick up and try. Um, We have discussions about medication. A lot of people are against medication that have a mental illness. 
um, I'm all for medication. Everyone has just got a different opinion. Um, but as Luke said, men's mental health is something we want to focus on um, in quite a big way as a group because um, it's quite close for me personally as well. So um, it's something that we'd like to try and promote talking and sharing. And I think it's going quite well at the minute. What would you say? Uh, I'd like to think so. Like I said, on the Facebook group, I am in the process of doing a little series of stuff that I've picked up from different different groups and stuff and tips and how to make yourself feel better. Like it's called a man emoti. It's still a work in progress. I've only put one up at the moment so far. I'm kind of slacking on that part. <laughs> but I've been very busy. But I will get back on to doing that. And um, I can only apologise because all, all the things that I've come like I've found and researched is just that is just researched. Obviously, I haven't experienced it, so I'm doing what I can. But hopefully, I can get out to some more blokes who will start sharing the same way that I have. And then it just turns into a big to-in and fro-in. And then we've got a whole pool of people saying, this is what I do to feel better. And it's important as well to just know that our community, it's okay if you have a bad day as well. We're there to listen. You know, we might not have the answers, but we're there to listen. And that's sometimes the best thing. That's all you need is someone's ears to be open and just to listen. And that's where our group is. We've got the community wall that you can write on and type to. The four of us between us pretty much cover 24 hours a day, don't yeah, we? Yeah, we're always on there at some point. Um, so there's lots going on on there. Um, in the new year, hopefully we're going to be doing a New Year's programme with me. Uh, but the podcast's my focus at the moment. Uh, I just, For me, the reason why I've started this podcast is actually because podcasts are a massive, massive coping strategy for me and have really helped change my mindset in terms of what I actually listen to myself. And Luke will tell you, I, I listen to a podcast every night, every single 24 night. 24 hours a day, whenever she's doing something in the kitchen or cleaning in one space, at, like just for a certain amount of time, it'll be on a phone, listen to it all the time. Mm. Every night going to sleep as well. Yeah. But I think we'll leave it there. So that's just a little bit of an insight into our relationship and how you know we cope but please leave us some comments any feedback is great and you know we're always happy to take questions as well um so i think we'll wrap it up there so thank you for listening thank you bye bye